So you want to be a podcaster. Our mission is to encourage and equip you for excellence in podcasting. I'm Andrew Rappaport, the host of The Rap Report and Apologetics Live and the executive director of the Christian podcast community. And I am Colleen Sharp. I'm the host of Theology Gals and also the executive administrator of the Christian podcast community. And speaking of the Christian podcast community, Andrew, before we get to today's topic, I wanted to mention uh, to our audience, if anyone would like to support the work that we're doing, either with this podcast or the Christian podcast community, you can go to Christian podcast community org or strivingforeternity.org and you can donate there. You can do a one-time donation or a monthly donation. We also have Patreon and all you need to do is designate it, put in the notes that this is for the Christian podcast community or for So You Want to Be a Podcaster. And we'll have all that information linked in our episode notes. And I know this is a little bit just happened to, for us today that it dropped when we're recording, but it'll be a little bit in the past, but we just dropped the Christian Podcast Community's Christian Podcast Awards, what we viewed as the best Christian podcasts for 2018. So if folks want to subscribe to the Christian Podcast Community and go on that feed, they'll be able to not only get all of the podcasts we offer, but they'll also get that one that was specific there for the 2018 awards. So today we want to talk about the question that most people struggle with when they first start podcasting. What in the world is an RSS feed? And what do I got to know to create one? We're going to talk about RSS feeds. We're going to talk about hosting and we're going to talk about your website if you even need one. So that's what's on the docket for today. So let's start with what is an RSS feed? And in this episode, I may be doing a little bit more of the talking than Colleen, because this is more of the technical stuff, which is more by background. And so um, you may have to hear my voice. I know her sounds better, but sorry. So here's what an RSS feed is. Think of it this way. An RSS feed is actually a file that you create on a website, and it allows other people that have programs that read these feeds to subscribe to it. Think of it this way with podcasting. Basically what this file is going to contain is it is going to be a file that contains all of your show information, your episodes, everything that is needed when you get some app, whether it be Google Podcast, Apple's Podcast, whether it be Downcast, Overcast, any of the apps that people use. When they have their app, here's what's going to happen. They're going to go, they're going to search for your podcast. They search for So You Want to Be a Podcaster. They find us. They hit subscribe. What that actually does is it brings over information onto the app so that the app knows to go to this RSS feed to get information. And it keeps track of some of its own. Every time you update to look for new episodes, it goes out to that RSS feed, compares with its private list and says, okay, I noticed some new episodes. I'll download those. Other thing you could do is if you move that file, say you go to a new website, there's going to be code in there to say, nope, hey, we moved, go look over here. So it's basically everything that the apps need to know about your show. The thing about it is that the apps only need to know their half of it, and they need to know where to go to find your RSS feed. The big thing that a lot of people get stressed over is how do I create one? Well, creating one's actually very easy. If you have a website that you're on, it's going to be tied to a website. 
But most websites, if, if you're in a WordPress, we're going to use WordPress as the example. If you have a WordPress, you create a category in WordPress, and that creates an RSS feed. Now, if you happen to work with uh, PowerPress, PowerPress is provided by Blueberry, they will give you a plugin for WordPress so that you can easily add in to your feed the podcast necessary things. So a lot of people stress over the RSS feed, and the reality is once you create your feed, you don't ever have to think about it again unless you move websites. It's something that is created, it's in the background, and you really don't have to think about it after that. And yet so many people stress over that because they don't know what it is. If you're struggling with that aspect, there's a lot of different ways you can do that, and we're going to talk about hosting and websites, but you could be part of a network where they take care of all that for you, or you could host with like Christian Podcast Community. We do hosting. We set those up for people that host with us. The person who takes care of your website will typically know how to do that and take care of it. Now, you say, well, I run my own website. There's going to be plenty of ways we can walk you through, and we're going to have later episodes. We're going to walk people through different ways of doing that in a future episodes. But suffice it to say that the easiest way is if you're using something like WordPress and PowerPress, you just create a category, you take that category in PowerPress, and you say, add the podcast-specific information. Now, if you happen to do PowerPress and you're working with someone like a Blueberry or you're working with Lipson, they'll walk you through how to do that. People get very nervous about the RSS feed, and it's one of the things that stops a lot of people. Have no fear. Who's ever helping you with your website or your hosting can help you set it up, and once it's set up, you probably will never think about it again. You know, Andrew, I wanted to mention a couple of things. So when you have that RSS feed, and we'll talk a little bit later about submitting your your podcast to Apple and so when you'll li you'll list your podcast episode and it will automatically be on most apps. So your Apple Podcast app, if you have an Android app like Podcast Addict, it will be available on all of those. But there are a few apps that you have to go and submit it to, just the one time. Once it's submitted that one time, you're good to go. And so some of those are Spotify, iHeartRadio, Tune in radio, Stitcher. Those are the ones off the top of my head that you have to go that doesn't automatically get those RSS feeds like a lot of the other podcast apps do. And some of that's also going to be dependent on your hosting because some of the where you host, they may have connections to do them automatically for you. For example, if you want to be on Spotify and you happen to be hosting with Blueberry, they take care of a lot of that. You can walk through their setup and not worry about it. So let's, let's talk hosting because this becomes an important thing. When we talk about hosting, this is going to be where your podcast is going to be stored. Now, some people may have the idea, well, I have a website. I will just put the files on the website and that'll be fine. Please don't do that. Why? Here's why that's not a good idea. You want to be found in Google in the search optimization, when it's downloading a file, if it's taking a long time to download a file, the web search optimization looks at that and says, oh, this is a slow website, and it's going to knock you down. So if you're downloading MP3 files that are big, 
and anything you're going to do that's a podcast is going to be good size and therefore you don't want people hitting that over and over and over again because it's going to hurt your search optimization. This is why you go to a off-site, meaning off your website, hosting and use one of them to be able to store it. Now, they're going to be optimized to download to the applications as faster than a typical website. So that's an advantage to them. Yes, that may be an extra cost for you, but it's well worth it because you're hurting yourself if you host on your website. So we want to go over a couple of them. First, we're, we have to be open and say that we host the Christian podcast community. And so you want to be a podcaster on Blueberry. So we are going to give the reasons why we chose Blueberry, but they're not the only option. Now, as of this recording, Blueberry right now at the time of this recording is the only one with certified statistics. That's important if you want to do advertising because they want to see that when you say you have X number of downloads, Blueberry is the only host that certifies them to say that's how many downloads you actually get. Now, you're going to see some differences with Blueberry and Libsyn. We're going to talk about Libsyn next. But when you look at Blueberry, you're going to pay for bandwidth. So you're paying for the number of times someone downloads every episode and how big that file is for the episode. That's how they do that. We're going to talk about some others and how they price it, and you're going to see differences. Big advantage of Blueberry is they have PowerPress plugin for WordPress. So they have that integrated in. It becomes really good because it's very easy. You don't have to know a whole lot. The, the software takes care of everything you need. It's simple to, to do. But the biggest reason for me why I like Blueberry, I'm a, I'm a software engineer by trade. They provide support and documentation. That is a huge thing because when you need answers, when you're stuck, they have documentation for you to go to, especially when you're starting out. They have a whole guidebook of everything you need to know. It goes through everything. Some of the stuff we'll cover here on this podcast, but they'll go through what are the different audio formats, things like that. Everything you need to know, they have documentation out there. They have a great support staff. You know, Andrew, I've seen a lot of people will go with some of the more inexpensive um, hosts, but I, and obviously I've been with Blueberry for uh, the last couple of years of doing Theology Gals, but I do think that when you are considering which um, host to sign up with, that that extra little bit of money that you might pay for someone like Blueberry is very much worth it. I've run into a lot of situations and I've been able to get somebody on the phone. I've been able to get somebody to help me and I know that a lot of the other hosts don't offer that. And that becomes important because when something goes wrong with your podcast, you want help. <laughs> but here's a big reason why I like Blueberry. It's privately owned by a podcaster. So when you look at some of these others, they're in the business where they are a company owned by shareholders that may not be podcasters, may not understand podcasting, and may not, may be doing things for a good business reason versus good podcasting reason. So something to keep in mind, Blueberry is owned and run by podcasters. Now, any of the companies you have, there's pretty much, they're all run by podcasters, but they Blueberry doesn't have a board of trustees 
that they have to answer to. It's a podcaster. So, so these are some of the reasons we use it. And we'll have an affiliate link in the show notes where you can get a free month um, of hosting if you would like to have that with Blueberry. But let's talk about another. Let's talk about Lipson. Now, if you're going to look at podcasting, Blueberry and Lipson are the two, kind of the two big boys in the, in the camp. There's some others that actually have, or at least claim to have more podcast on their hosting more than Blueberry. But when you really look at it, they're, they have a lot of shows, but only one episode. So when you really look at who is having the majority of podcasts out there, it's going to be Blueberry and Lipson. Now, Lipson's going to have a different way you pay. You're going to pay for storage. So where Blueberry, you're paying for what's going out. With Lipson, you're paying for what you're putting in. So you're paying based on the storage. And so that may be, depending on your show, one may be better than the other for which you want to do. Like I said earlier, Libsyn is publicly owned by shareholders. They make those decisions. So that could be the issue. So you, really, Libsyn is, is the, probably the biggest host out there. They have, from what I've gathered from folks that, who use them, they have a really good staff support staff there as well. Um, so the thing you have to think through with, with these two is going to be, are you going to use this where you are going to think that you're saving money by going, I'm going to pay to upload it or I'm going to pay for the download of it? That's really the difference. So if you, you pay for what you put up there or based on the number of people that pull it down. Now, if, if you're getting hundreds of thousands of downloads, I know you're not, but you, you think you're going to one day. Then maybe Blueberry wouldn't be better. However, if you're getting hundreds of thousands of downloads, you better figure a way to be bringing in some money from that saying, hey, look, obviously <laughs> you're enjoying the show. Give a dollar. And that would cover that cost. But there are some others out there that I would try and steer people away from some of these, not all of them. But I think the, next, the third that I would put in the list of of larger ones would be Podbean. Podbean's uh, used by a lot of folks and they're doing a lot of creative things there. Um, and here's the important thing with the, those three that I mentioned. Those three, Blueberry, Libsyn, and Podbean, would be very easy to move off of. If you're on Libsyn and want to move to Blueberry, very easy. They'll work with you to do that. However, there's others that not so easy. One of the big popular ones nowadays is Anchor. Anchor is one of the more popular ones, but Anchor, from what some have researched, most of, not most, I should say that the research showed half of the podcasts on Anchor have less than, I think it was three episodes. That's not so good. It means a lot of people are starting out with it. Anchor is very, very inexpensive. And you say, hey, that's great. I will start here. Great. You started there, but when you want to move off of there, not so easy. Uh, Anchor actually had to change their policies and procedures and the wording of that because it was seeming to be very clear that they own your RSS feed. That becomes important. You want to make sure you always have control over your RSS feed. If Anchor owns it, you're in trouble 
because you can't move somewhere else and keep your subscribers. Remember, I said that's what all the apps subscribe to. Well, if you can't put a redirect on there, then you're not going to be able to move your followers to the new host. That's an important thing to think about. Now, we're dealing with the Christian podcast community. Well, guess what? A, mo a very, very popular hosting for Christians is Sermon Audio. Now, Sermon Audio, uh, they've made big improvements. If you've used Sermon Audio in the past, they've come out with a new interface for their sermon uploads. It is much better. And they're working on creating some things to allow users and stuff like that to be a little bit different than the way they had had it before. But here's the problem I have with Sermon Audio. If you're on Sermon Audio, they, can, they own your RSS feed, they control it, and they don't have a way to redirect. So if you start on Sermon Audio and you want to go to Blueberry, you're stuck. You're going to lose all of your subscribers. So you want to think about this. This is why it's important to think about the hosting before you get started. Because with Sermon Audio, you can't move off of there. And so you want to think about that beforehand. Uh, SoundCloud is another one. It's not recommended. A lot of people are on SoundCloud. It's very cheap. Block Talk Radio is another one. Very cheap. But again, you're not going to be able to move off of these easily. And there's always the rumor that SoundCloud's just going to go away. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be on a platform that is, could just disappear um, and I would lose everything. So, which it is always good to keep a backup of all your files. Don't upload them to your hosting and think that it's good there. Always keep them. If you do show notes, keep, keep it a text file of your show notes. So you have all that in, in case you do need to recreate that at any time. So that's, that's something about the hosting. Um, Colleen, is there anything that, from your experience with hosting that you think folks need to know? You know, this might fit a little bit more under websites when we get to that, but I will tell you that I've had other podcasters come to me and ask about the player that we have on our podcast sites, and Blueberry really does have the best player available out there for your podcast website. And you can go and look even at our episode here to see what we're talking about and maybe compare it to some other sites. And, and you can customize it with that. They, uh, Blueberry allows for some customization. I customized the one for ours because I just didn't like some of the default colors and things. And, but you could do that. So websites become an interesting thing. We said that your RSS feed is tied to your website. You got some things. Are you going to own your website? Well, that's going to incur more costs. Speaking to someone who is starting up a brand new podcast and they have their website fees and they have their hosting fees and they have their new equipment they had to get and they're starting to say, this is getting expensive, especially the monthly costs of the website, which they have to maintain because they don't want to pay someone else and then their hosting fee and it was getting more than they expected. But there's ways around that there's also ways to be smart about it. So when you have your website, do you need a website is the first thing you need to ask yourself because there's not always a reason for it. Now, Colleen, when you started up Theology Gals, you originally were on a network and then you moved on to what was going to be your own website. 
but it wasn't really your own website. You have your own website now, but you went into a middle ground. What was right. that? Well, so a lot, and I would say a lot, if not most or all hosts will offer a free website. Now, depending on who you're, if you decide to start out and go with the free option like we did when we were on a network and we moved off and we just went with the free option that came with our hosting package, that's going to depend on your host too. So Blueberry with their free website offers quite a bit of customization. Aside from our web address, which we could have changed that too, we could have um, had our domain name site at that point, but we didn't. Aside from that, you wouldn't necessarily be able to tell the difference between uh, you know, a normal website and a podcast website. Now, some of the other hosts like Podbean, their free website, it's you can tell that it's their Podbean free website. And so Eventually, we did move out and get our own website, but it, it does cost money. And later on in another episode, we'll talk about some ways that you can bring money in even when you first start out. But when you're really when you're first starting out, you're probably not going to want to spend a lot of money. So when you look at hosts, you also want to see what's included with that. If they have some sort of free website included with the package, if you're not wanting to get your own. But another thing I wanted to say a lot of times when people are sharing their episodes, and I've noticed this a little bit, where people will share the iTunes link. And you've just now ignored um, a percentage of your audience that do not use an iPhone or iTunes to listen to podcasts. And so it's helpful to at least have somewhere to point people to go. And then when they get to that site, like on, on my website, they can subscribe to pretty much any app our podcast is available on right from our website. So whether you have a free website or not, it is good to have a website of sorts. Wait a minute. You mean there's people that don't use iPhones? Yeah, I'm a diehard um, Android user. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a diehard Apple user. So <laughs> see, we can get along. That is a good point because you want to have a website to share that tells how to subscribe to all the places you want to be because you want to be on more than just iTunes. And if you're sharing something that's just for iTunes or just for Google Play or now Google Podcast, not everyone's going to be able to subscribe to that. You don't want to do that. So you want to have a website even if you are not the one that's owning it and maintaining it. So that's the cheapest way. No website at all. Really, it's, it's a website owned by your hosting company. You can be part of a network. Then they take care of the website stuff. Hey, that's great. Let's give some warnings about being part of a network because there are benefits and there are, there's pros and cons to being part of a network, Colleen. So the one thing we recommend, folks, is if you're going to be part of a network, make sure that you have written contracts. Make sure everything is written down so that you know exactly what you own and what you don't. If you move off, is there a cost? Is there, can you move off? Do they, do they own all of your content? You got to make sure all that's written down, clearly laid out. We know people who have not had contracts and had had difficulty moving when they want to move to a different network or move to on their own, it has been a problem. 
You, you know what? Let me mention right here. According to United States copyright law, and I know that we have people in other countries, so you may want to check what the laws are in your country, but I'm going to talk specifically about United States copyright law. When you create something, you automatically own the copyright, whether you've put a copyright on it or not. It is, it is your creation. It is owned by you. But you might be with a network who thinks you know, that, that they own all the podcasts on the network. And so it just becomes messy. So even if the law is on your side, it could become a battle when you, when you move off. And that's why you really want to have a contract. You really want to know what you're signing up for, what you're getting into. Because if you don't redirect that in time, you can actually lose your subscribers. So you, you want to, we, we're stressing this because this is, essential when working with a network, you must have written contracts. I, I would not do anything without a written contract anymore. Uh, Christian podcast community, we have written contracts for every podcaster that comes on with us. And you need to know what the ownership issues are. You need to know who owns what. For example, what Colleen and I do with the Christian podcast community, we have a contract that says, even if the RSS feed is created on our website, you own it. Therefore, it's, there's nothing we could do. If, if we were to destroy the RSS feed, and we wouldn't do that, we would be responsible for the damages. Okay, This is the thing. You want to make sure that that stuff is laid out. So there's, there's definite advantages to being part of a network. Colleen, what do you think are some of the advantages of a network? You know, I've talked to a lot of people that have started out in podcasting out on their own, and maybe they had a blog before or a ministry or, you know, something along those lines, and they thought, oh, we'll start a podcast and it will do well. And because the market is so flooded, especially with um, podcasts in the religion and spirituality category, and there's a lot of Christian podcasts out there, sometimes they start this podcast and they're several months in and, you know, they don't have a lot of traffic. And I do think that one of the benefits of a network is that you get exposure right out there from the beginning. Another thing that you brought up, Andrew, is if you don't want to worry about a website, uh, you know, you can ha have you, that all done for you right on the network. Sometimes being on a network will save you costs. So there are advantages uh, having other podcasters that can potentially help you if the network is set up in such a way that the podcasters support one another. That can be another benefit. You know, when I started out podcasting, my board of directors wanted me to start podcasting four years before I actually started. And the thing that held me back was because I knew how much work was going to be involved. I was like, okay, I got to learn about the RSS feeds. I got to learn all about the different audio formats. Then I got to learn about the mics. There was so much I thought I had to learn. I was not ready to do all of that research, but it's, if it wasn't for the fact that I worked with a network where had they not said, hey, we'll take care of a lot of this technical stuff, here's what you just need to do. You get a mic, you record. That helped me. So I didn't have to learn everything all at once. I started podcasting. I focused on what I, the part I needed, which was how to get good audio quality, getting good mics, getting a mixer, and, and I grew in that. 
because and we're going to go through that in later episodes of what type of equipment and how you grow into more equipment. But that's where I had to focus. Once I had that down, then when I moved out on my own, then I was able to learn the other side of it. And so that was a benefit to me. If I didn't have that network, I probably wouldn't have started podcasting because they just made it easier for me. And so, but there are cons to it. And, and some of the cons can be that you may not be able to keep your content or it could be a struggle to get your content or they may have restrictions on what you could do. You may not be able to have your own website. You may not be able to blog other than as part of the network. You may not be able to make money off your advertising, but they may make it. There are many networks where they take care of all your costs, but they make all the money and you can't get your own advertisers. And I should say this, we're talking money. If you think you're going to get into podcasting and be a full-time podcaster and make a living at it, please don't get into it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really what you want to do is you want to get the money to recoup your hosting fees and website fees, things like that. Don't think that you're going to retire from your day job. Think of it more as a hobby and you're going to do fine. Especially starting out, you know, there are people who I even know somebody, uh, a friend that was able for various reasons to do very well and make an income from it. But that is very rare. If you look at the amount of downloads for podcasts overall, it, it's not a huge percentage. It's actually a very small percentage that make um, a lot of money from it because they have so many downloads. A lot of times those are the true crime or political or some of those type of shows, especially if you're doing a Christian podcast. I think it becomes more difficult to make enough that you would be able to support your family. Yeah, so this is the pros and cons to a network. There have been people that lost all their subscribers when they left the network and had to start over. That's, that becomes a problem. Like we said, if you go from a sermon audio to some other platform, you got to start all over. So it's something to think about. Now, let's talk about if you have your own website. Hey, that's better. I get, I get more control. Are you a web developer? Yikes. I mean, there's people that don't know what to do with hosting a website. You can get a very simple website with WordPress, PowerPress, and it really isn't going to be much maintenance. Now, Colleen, you ended up getting your own website. Uh, we provided we have folks here that we work with that provided your website pretty inexpensively. It's a simple website. It's, it's, you don't have a whole lot to it, but you don't need a whole lot, right? Right. So we did, we do pay a Christian company actually for our website hosting and a Christian company that did our website. And that was really important to us because our website is not just for our podcast. We're developing a full platform. So our website eventually will be blog articles. We have links to our merchandise there. Some people will sell their merchandise right from their website. We actually have a store with Teespring where our merchandise is. But these are things that you need to consider too in whether you want or need a website? Is it going to be more than just your podcast? If it's just your podcast, hey, WordPress, PowerPress, probably all you need. If you want to add blogs to it, again, 
not very hard. And with WordPress, it doesn't take much to learn what you need just to keep putting up blogs, putting up podcasts. When you start getting into selling products or doing more things like that, you're going to need to learn a little bit more. But you can learn that over time as you're ready. And so you got to think of the purpose of your website. If it's just for your podcast, you may be able to do something simple. Like we said, if it's just your podcast, you may be able to go to the hosts. If we have some folks who they just want to, they don't want to maintain their website. They just want to be able to do blogs once in a while that go along with their show, their shows. Well, you could put that in show notes and make that part of the thing. You could be on a community like ours. We host it and guess what? You have that available. You don't have all the maintenance of keeping up the website, the fees. So a network can sometimes take care of that or a community like we are. Right. You know, one thing I wanted to mention, when we did have the free Blueberry website, we were able to post blogs, not even as podcasts with show notes. We were able to post blogs. So that's another thing. If you want to, as Andrew said, do an occasional blog post that goes along with your podcast, but you don't want to spend the money for a website right now, when you're looking at hosts, consider what you're able to do with the free website. Yeah, because WordPress is a blogging. That's really what it is. So every actually when we do a podcast, we upload it, we're actually writing a blog article. That's really what it is. And so the thing to think about is what's the purpose of your website? Do you want to expand it into a lot more? So if you look at the way our website is, it's going to be have a lot more. Why? Because we're going to be hosting a whole lot of podcasts. Well, we need to take it, that into account. We're also part of a, a bigger ministry, Striving for Eternity, and that has its own aspects of their website that is done there. So they, there's classes in, in the Striving for Eternity Academy, things like that. You got to figure out what you want to do. And you can also do your websites where you grow into it. But one of the things you do want to do is you want to have a domain name that's tied to your show. And you want to own your domain name. Don't have some, a friend or someone else say, hey, I'll get the domain name for you. Because whoever owns that domain name controls it. It can be forwarded to any other site. So that becomes important. If you have a domain, you want to own it. You want to have control of it. And basically what you do is with any host, they'll walk you through how to get one. If you want to say, I want to keep the control of it. But the domain name is something like theologygals.com. That's their domain name. If you go there, you go to their website. That's where you want to direct people to. If you're going to put out an episode, as Colleen said earlier, you don't want to give the link to iTunes. You want to give the link to your website for that blog post, which is your podcast episode. Because there's where everyone's going to be able to subscribe to it. Now, when you think about the websites, there's a whole bunch of things to think about. Hosting, design issues. So there's plenty of places to host. You can go to a GoDaddy or places like that. There's tons of places to host websites. There's also plenty of people that can do website designs. And as Colleen said, we have recommendations that we can offer. But the thing is, is that you want to know what you're getting when you do that. With hosting, you're going to want to know what's, 
are you limited in how much you can upload or download? Are, are you able to get email addresses? I mean, you want to figure out everything there so that you know what you're getting. And with the design, you may have someone do both the hosting and design, but usually not. When you get the, the design, the more complex your website's going to be, the more issues you're going to run into with design and you need to know, you're going to end up needing to know a little bit more about what's capable to be done out there. So if I've said this a couple of times, but I really want to stress it is start small and grow into your podcast. Don't try to make everything perfect right out of the gate. That's the nice thing about this. You can start small and grow bigger learn something and then expand, learn something new and expand again. So this is what you need to know when it comes to RSS feeds, hosting and websites. These are some of the things that get a lot of people stuck and stopping them from moving forward with podcasting. But these really aren't big issues. Once they get started, once that website's set up, you really don't have to worry about it after that. It's, it, you're, just, you're using it the same way over and over again, and you get very familiar with how to, how to do it. So I want to really, and I hope that Colleen and I have kind of eased some of your fears when it comes to podcasting, when it comes to what is an RSS feed, how do I go about hosting my podcast, where do I do that, what do I do for a website. We're going to go into these in much more detail in later episodes, but we wanted to give an overview for this one. Right, especially if you're just getting started. I have some friends that are, are just getting started. It's helpful to know this stuff. And I will tell you that I am not a computer person, a technical person. And so I had to have my kids help me out with learning how to edit podcasts and some of these different things I really had to be taught. But you can learn how to do these things. And while they may seem overwhelming, they're pretty simple. It takes me five minutes to list a new episode. And like Andrew said, once you have everything set up, it's really not a lot of work. It's as easy as posting a blog post. And so we hope this was helpful for you. We hope that this kind of eased your fears. Now our challenge to you is... Get out there and start podcasting.